Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. Do you ever feel frustrated? Well, your dog does. Frustration occurs when an animal is interrupted in reaching their goals. Unfortunately, this occurs all too often in the modern world when a dog's goals do not align with those of their human companion. This can be a source of distress for both you and your dog, but it can also lead to the development of problem behaviors and can damage the relationship that you have with your dog. But we have answers for you. Join us for a two-day in-person seminar October 5th and 6th with instruction by Daniel Shaw. Daniel Shaw is an animal behaviorist with a background in animal behavior, psychology, and neuroscience. He will be talking about what frustration is and how it can be identified, the difficulty of conventional approaches in resolving frustration, what influences the value of rewards, as well as supporting frustrated dogs and building frustration tolerance. You can buy early bird tickets now until August the 5th, and be sure that you join us for our pre-seminar social Friday evening where you can meet Daniel and the Dog Speak team. We look forward to seeing you October 5th and 6th in Nashville, Tennessee for the Neuroscience of Resolving Frustration in Dogs seminar. Hey, Dog Speak Geeks. So glad that you're with us today. I've got Amanda on, our puppy development specialist. Amanda, I know you're not feeling real great, but how are you doing? <laughs> I wish it was warmer, but other than that, doing great. Yeah, y'all, we had 78 degree weather, 75 degree weather a couple of days ago, and then it dropped to like 30 yesterday and snowed. So luckily the roads are clear, which is unusual mm-hmm. when it snows in Tennessee. Uh, but it was really nice getting to see how pretty it is. But yeah, it's cold. Really, yep. really cold. <laughs> Uh, so those of you that are in warm weather, fight me. Um, but I love you. I love you, and I'm jealous. That's that's the only thing that's happening here. Um, so we want to talk about Christmas puppies because we know that a ton of people got Christmas puppies. And um, I'm not sure I feel about Christmas puppies. Um, I think it's a good time to get them if you're going to be off and you have time to work with them. But I also think a lot of people are very um, impulsive with Christmas puppies and trying to get puppies for their children. And I just don't think a puppy is the right gift for a child. What do you Correct. What do you got on that? So I think I was thinking about this earlier and like I'd make the bold statement to say this is arguably one of the best times to get a puppy if you're ready and for the right reasons. Because so many people have time off work that's not like oh you have to take pto and it's all in a row so you have christmas new year's and you have family coming in town and there's multiple opportunities for socialization within the home and with handling of a puppy um but i don't think it should ever be a gift uh because kids don't take care of gifts (laughs) um now if you want to gift it to like your spouse or you know it's something that you've been wanting for a while and like you're prepared and you have all your ducks in a line and you are prepared to take time off work. Then I think it's one of the best times to get it. Um, that's when I got Clark. Cause I knew I would have three weeks off of school and could spend the time with him during the critical phase of socialization. And then also by the time he was old enough to stay alone for three to four hours without having to go potty. Um, Then I was back in school. So I think that's one thing a lot of people don't realize is that when you get a puppy, they have to go to the bathroom like every 20 minutes, (laughs) maybe every hour if they sleep. So especially if it's a little puppy, larger puppies can go longer uh, sooner, but that's the number one thing that people are like shook about when I tell them like, are you prepared to, let this dog out every 20 minutes. And they're like, what? Every 20 minutes? I'm like, yeah. It's bladder is tiny. So there's a lot to think about when you're getting a puppy around the holidays. The other one is, are you going to be able to spend the time needed during that holiday season? So, 
you know, if the people already got the puppy, that's one thing. So you've got the puppy. Now you're listening to this podcast thinking, okay, now what? Um, I really like the people that get them after the holidays because then you're not spending your time trying to potty train a puppy over Christmas and cook dinner and play with your kids and do all the things. And then all of a sudden your dog is not housebroken and thinks it's okay to pee in the house. Um, so there's pluses and minuses, but I think it can be done right if done correctly. And I think it's a great time to get a dog. Um, but with that, there's things to think about, you know, is this going to be a long-term commitment you can make? Um, dogs aren't just here for five years, hopefully. Um, <laughs> hopefully. So, like you need to be on the, like, are you prepared to take care of another living being for 15 years? Um, and if you're thinking about getting it for your kid, that's also a thought that needs to go through your head is where will my kid be in 10 to 15 years? Because if your kid's in junior high, it's going to be off in college. And now you're taking care of a dog while they're at college. Um, so as good of intentions as it can be to get a kid, a gift of, a puppy because every, I feel like a lot of kids are like, I just want a puppy. Um, it's something that really, I mean, be honest, the parents need to want a puppy because the kids and, and it's not a disposable gift. Like it's okay. Like if you, I'm also not going to like shame people into thinking like, well, I can't take care of this. Now I have to keep it because I look like a loser's taking it to the animal shelter. Cause I made that mistake. Like own up to it. And if you get it from a breeder, reach out to the breeder first. A lot of breeders like to try to rehome their own puppies. Um, And, you know, if it happens, it happens, but you have to think of what's going to be best for this animal because at the end of the day, it is another living being. Um, In one of the first podcasts we did together, you know, do you have the resources, the time, the money, the effort, the energy to spend on these dogs? You know, your, a lot of people are setting budgets and your emergency fund for the year, like, does that include your emergency vet fund? Because I, I like to say like a good cushy vet fund for your dog is five to 10 grand and not everyone can do that. Um, and that's okay. And that's something that people need to realize. Like these dogs aren't just going to eat a Walmart dog food and live forever and never have to go to the vet because it's, it's just, you're going to end up spending a lot of money on the dog at one point or another. Yeah, and vet insurance um, is really important, and we finally did get it for our dog, and and yep. we did not get it before. And and yes, I've spent about ten grand on Marati, who is no longer here. Uh, she got brand new knees. Um, but yeah, I mean, all you're saying, everything you're saying, you're right. It's a good time because you're off work. I just don't like when people make it as a gift to the children, right? Because it should not be the responsibility of the child. It definitely right. needs to be a family agreement and everybody needs to have their role and everybody needs to get trained and everybody needs to understand what's happening. Um, and you have to be prepared to have things, you know, they're going to be involved in everything that you're doing. Um, like, I don't know what Clark's doing right now, but we can hear him. I can hear him playing with something. So just know when you're doing your zoom meetings, you might have a dog who is busy and doing something. Um, and they're, they're really going to be a part. Right. He's he's having yep. a great time over there. So we just have to make sure that we're understanding that it is a long term commitment. And mm-hmm. if you're able. If you're able to do it and you understand, great, um, you know, but I'm going to assume that the people listening has gotten one already. And now they have this puppy and it's really cute <laughs> and it's peeing everywhere and it's chewing on things. And the kids are screaming because the dog's biting on them. And they're kind of probably questioning what the hell they just did. And uh, so we want to help you guys out to understand of really kind of what, what direction do we need to go in? Um, Mm -hmm. And I think for me, my biggest pet peeve is people that say, well, I can't socialize my dog until he's had all his vaccines because that's what the vet said. And I want people to realize that the stance on that has been completely changed from the AVMA. Um, and actually the um, uh, American veterinary, um, 
I want to say American Veterinary Service of Animal Behavior. I could totally be wrong because now I'm blanking because my brain is isn't trying to come back from holiday. Um, they basically are saying that after seven weeks, after that first round of shots, the dog can actually even start into group classes, can start that socialization, that training and exposure. Um, I think for me, yes, training is happening 24-7 and it doesn't mean you have to do a group class. I think the most important thing that I want to really focus on this is about that socialization and that exposure, considering that dogs, majority of dogs that are given up or put to sleep before age of three have behavior issues. Um, mm-hmm. It's not due to an illness. So why we're so afraid of getting our dogs out before there are vaccines, I'm not sure. I mean, there are obviously safe ways yeah. to do it. You did it with Clark. We do it with our with all of our service dogs. There are safe ways to do it. What advice do you want to give people since you are kind of handling our puppies and you're handling um, all that kind of development, socialization and um, and training with the puppies? What are what are some of the things you really want these puppy owners to know and understand? Um, so first and foremost, that puppies are puppies and they have sharp puppy teeth <laughs> and just like teething babies they're going to want to chew on something um and majority of the time it's not meant out of any behavior issue like they're just they don't know where their mouth is um i remember when clark was a puppy and i would play fetch and he would go to grab it or we would play tug and he'd readjust his grip and he would get my finger and it's like he didn't mean to bite me but now i need a band-aid so it's going to happen. You're going to get nipped. Your kids are going to get nipped. Um, but with that, if you have kids, kids of any age, um, there needs to be an understanding of the dog communication. So if you haven't taken the communication seminar, now would be a good time. Um, yes, and it's because, online. So no excuses, people. If yes. you're not local, uh, it's, it's online. So because a lot of it is, is the puppy trying to sleep? And the kid is trying to pick it up and then it, it does get a little frustrated and learns that nipping gets people to back away. That can become a learned behavior. Um, but again, with kids, I also think it's great when you have kids and it's a good opportunity to take the puppy everywhere. So going to pick the kid up in school, like let the dog look out the window and look at all the kids and reward it. Um, you know, if your kid is in dance class, class, take the puppy in and let the other kids hold the puppy, play with the puppy. Um, There's simple ways to incorporate the puppy into your daily life that make a huge impact on their development. Uh, One thing I like to do, I don't have kids and I don't babysit, but I live near a park. And so I would take Clark to the park and not only did he get to see kids, um, but I would have him walk around on the play structures uh, explore at his own pace, but then also see if he could push his limits. Like he may not want to, but if I go over to this other side of the tunnel, will he crawl through it? Um, build the confidence that way. Uh, all the different surfaces that you can find at a playground, whether it be sand, the mulch, the tires, the different surfaces on the play equipment, the rumbly slide, you know, let them try to climb up the slide. I wouldn't shove the dog down the slide, but let them try to climb up the slide um, and see if they try. Um, And then you get to know your dog and how brave they are and what their desires are. And do they, you know, do they love the park or are they hesitant? Um, So it's getting your dog out and about. If you're, if you know you're going to run errands to do some sort of home project, New Year's resolution, build something fresh. I don't know. Take the dog with you to Home Depot. There's a lot of stores, and it's not just Home Depot, um, Marshalls, Home Goods, TJ Maxx. As long as the dog's in the cart, um, they allow them for the most part. Check on the door for each of those because some franchises are different. Uh, but take the dog as many places with you as you can because not only does it get it used to car rides, um, it also gets all the sights and smells and people and all the socialization that you can get. Um, I think that's one thing people hesitate with is they're like, well, I have a puppy, but I also have a life. And it's like, well, you need to incorporate that. Yeah. And if you can't, then you need to think about that. 
And you mentioned putting them in the cart and, you know, I made fun of so many times I've made fun of people with their dogs in strollers. And um, now with our service dogs, their first, uh, what, two to three weeks that they're in the home with our puppy raisers, they're in strollers. And so Mm -hmm. they go everywhere in the stroller. Um, But it also kind of teaches the dog. I mean, those carts, just the material on the bottom can be a new uh, texture for a dog. If a dog's uncomfortable, you can take a blanket to make it a little more solid. Um, I actually love the strollers now and I've, I've been looking for a small dog, one that I can put in a stroller that's older that I can just push around. Um, because I do find that it's, it's really nice. It's a, it's a nice safe way to take your dog out and about. They're not on the hot concrete if it's warm. Um, they're not, uh, you know, walking in, on the ground where other dogs may be, where they may pick up something. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's a really good, safe way to do that. And you can easily carry your dog into these stores and put them in the cart, take the cart to the car. There are plenty of ways. I just think that we have to get people to start thinking outside the box and realize that the times of your dog staying isolated at home, uh, like it's a pandemic, um, you know, those those days are over. We need to start getting these puppies out. And, and really getting them exposed. And sometimes that may mean just sitting in your car, just sitting in your car with the window down, letting them just take in the air, smelling things, hearing noises, having people approach the car and, and pet on your dog. There are a lot of really safe ways that you can get your dog out and about. And I will say that maybe the bonus of getting one in colder weather, I mean, unless it's like constant, like four degrees, is that you can have the dogs in the car if you need to run in somewhere. Because mm-hmm. it's it's not that cold, the car is still going to be warm. Where in the warm months, it can be too dangerous to leave a dog in the car without the air running. So, I do think there are a lot of really good ways for people to do this. We just have to really get them outside of the box. And and there are more and more places, uh, basically offering puppy preschool. And, and this is something that we want to offer. For 2022, we're, we're trying to lock down some dates and we'll get that on the website when we can. But the puppy preschool group classes where, you know, they can come and socialize and be around other puppies and, and the owners can start to learn some things. Um, but it's, it's, imp- it's important to kind of do that every week because your dog is going to go through different fear periods and go through different mm-hmm. uh, moments of their life where one minute the trash can didn't bother them that was sitting by the road. And the next minute, that trash can is an alien from another world <laughs> and should be destroyed. So um, I do think that we have to give people um, some really good ideas on, on how to do that. Uh, you know, when your dog is not a service dog, with our service dogs, we can take them anywhere. In Tennessee, mm-hmm. they have the same rights as certified service dogs. But for pet owners, um, you know, having some of these stores, very important. I love the playground idea. Because I think just even just sitting there and listening to kids scream and run, um, if you can handle it yourself, I might need a drink to do that. Um, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, even finding like soccer games or, you know, when it starts getting baseball. And I mean, just even though you don't have a kid, I was telling my client the other day, I was like, yeah, just take just take Barney and go sit at, at a, you know, a playground. I'm like, you might look a little bit like a creeper. I said, but, you know, or or if you're somewhere like watching a soccer game, just ever so often just scream out, way to go, Billy, and clap your hands and just move on. And people people won't even care, you know. Uh, So we do have to make sure that we are getting outside of our comfort zone, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a puppy, you have to get outside that comfort zone. Because you're kind of a quiet, well, until you get to know you, shy, kind (laughs) of introvert, right? Yeah. You did you find that you really had to get outside of your shell? Of course, I mean, you were around because you were in school. So you had a lot of people in your life. But did you find that you had to really get out of your shell and for Clark? Yes and no. So part of the reason I got a dog was because I knew I needed socialization for myself outside of the classroom. (laughs) So some of my best friends actually met through our dogs because our dogs became friends and now we're friends. Um, so if you're new to an area and are looking for friends, it's a good way to just like talk to people, even in your apartment building, like, um, those, I don't recommend dog parks. Um, but, but 
if you want to walk around the outside of a dog park, that's fine. But um, a lot of apartment complexes have smaller dog parks and those can be great. I wouldn't take a completely unvaccinated puppy there. I'd wait till maybe they have their rabies shot just because it is a shared ground. Um, but once they are fully vaccinated, the small like local apartment complex uh, dog parks are great because you can walk by and if it's just you and your dog, you can work on things like recall without a leash or you could work on fetch and you, you can have outdoor play and it's very controlled because it's small and you can see who's there. Um, for, for us, we did it the old school way and just let the leash go and prayed that our dogs would stay by. So <laughs> they did. And um, that's, that actually also helped me with my like fear of dogs running away because my childhood dog ran away from home once. Um, but it made me realize that dogs do tend to stay in packs, at least bigger dogs do. Um, some little dogs do, but they tend to stay with each other. And if one of them is in tune or both of them are in tune and they go a little too far and all it takes is a whistle and they come right back in sight. So you know, if you can have that trusted person that you know their dog, you know they're not going to cause any issues, um, and you can socialize that way, that's also good because you can work on – I remember at one point we had Gray come out and work with us on just passing because they were best friends. So we couldn't even walk past each other at one point because they were just – they thought they could play. Um, so if you can f- make a friend that have dogs with the same play style – that enjoy each other's company and can work on similar training things. It's a benefit for both parties because the small dog parks at the apartment complexes are so controlled. And if you see a dog walking up and you're like, Nope, then you just hook up and leave versus a giant dog park with 50 dogs Trying to get your dog. You walk towards your dog. Your dog runs away because they, they don't want to leave. And now you have an aggressive dog in the dog park and you're like just praying that you can get out alive. So if you are no living paranoia in a here, folks, no paranoia, no. none here, none whatsoever. Um, but if you and if you have a backyard, that's great, too. Um, but I like you have to plan. You definitely have to plan for the socialization. Otherwise, it's not going to happen. Like I knew that I needed a break from school, a daily break from school. And that's what the driving factor for getting Clark was, because I knew that I couldn't just stay at school till the wee hours of the morning. (laughs) I had to come home and let him out and socialize him and do that, wear him out, then do my homework, then feed him, then do that. So if you're the type of person that knows you need a break in your everyday routine and are willing and able to give that to a dog, I think it's a, it creates one of the most amazing bonds because you end up being a better person for it. And then you have this dog that you can bond with and make new friends with. You know, when we talk about socialization, a lot of people are focused mostly on socializing with other dogs. Um, and there yeah. are, you know, I'm sure you, you know, people will have usually friends that have dogs and if they're good dogs, they can invite them over. They can have a little puppy party and all those fun things. Or, you know, if you get your dog from a rescue, maybe see if they have a rescue Facebook page where you can find uh, like-minded people that are maybe local that you can hang out with. But socialization with people of different types, um, I, I think is a bigger concern that I think people miss out on. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we really want dogs to see people of all ages, of all ethnicity, um, dogs that, uh, I mean, people that maybe use a walker or they walk differently or they're in a wheelchair. um, I I just think it's important that we really get our dog out and about uh, to get around the the people in the world itself, because, you know, they, they, they understand dogs that that's what they know. It's genetics. It's, they get that the first, you know, six to eight weeks of their life, they're with other dogs, but it's this world that they don't know. You know, we've gotten Mm -hmm. these cat with these dogs and put them in captivity. And and what someone said, it was a really great idea. It's almost like a, an arranged marriage, right. Coming into this family or coming into a family that already has a dog, which we'll talk about in a minute, but, I think we need to really help them understand that this world, this world is kind of 
it's going to change on a daily basis. So I want to make sure I'm socializing and exposing my dog to all of these different life opportunities Mm -hmm. um, and help them kind of navigate that. I think we forget that they don't understand this world. They don't understand, you know, uh, the crazy things that go on on a regular basis. And, and I think that we need to help them at the earliest age possible, get used to some of that and learn how to navigate it. And that is one thing that, you know, I've been looking for a new dog and I'm, I'm back and forth on a rescue on breeder and small and large. I'm really right now just all over the place. But one of the biggest things I'm recognizing is when I'm talking to rescues or talking to breeders, I want to know what worldly experiences that the dog has had, because Mm -hmm. if if they're not great with dogs, not the end of the world. Um, That's something that can be controlled. That's something that can be managed. But if they're scared of the world, they can't get away from that. Mm -hmm. So finding those places, yeah, to to really get that exposure and socialization with humans of all kinds is so important. Um, And like you said, little trips to, you know, the big box stores, um, you know, we just ripped up the floor in our bathroom and come to find out we're going to have to replace the subfloor and hopefully not the joist. Uh, so we'll be going to Home Depot quite a bit. So if I get a dog soon, um, it'll be traveling quite a bit with me. Um, and I actually raised my second Rottweiler at Home Depot, basically, because I was building my facility when I had her and mm-hmm. she would go with me. We would go to Home Depot probably two to three times a day and people got to really loving her. And it was great until she started to look like a Rottweiler. And then she would get a feeling <laughs> hurt because people would literally walk down another aisle if they saw her because of her breed. And she mm-hmm. just had her feelings hurt because she expected everybody to pet her because that's what they had been doing. But right. she handled the world and, you know, and she was my working dog. So, you know, she, she was in all kinds of different environments and situations, but she handled it like a champ because of all that early exposure. Yeah. When I think that's a key point to make is that I think a lot of people see dog parks or doggy daycare as like an easy way to quote unquote socialize your dog and get it used to other dogs. And the reality of it is, is that's usually not the dog's problem. The dog knows how to be a dog from the day they're born. Um, It's making sure the dog knows how to be a dog of the world to be a decent dog and society. So it's the dogs that it's the dogs that are taken places other than dog places. So like walking them on a trail, taking them to the park from an early stage, you know, whether it's in a stroller or um, you're carrying them or whatever, as long as you're, they're seeing it and knowing that, Hey, like there's going to be dogs in the world that lunge and bark at them, but they don't need to do that back. So that's a perfect time to reward steady behavior from your puppy. Um, and, you know, there's going to be little kids that come up and pet without asking and good time to reward for that. Um, there's a balance between making sure it's structured and making sure the puppy's okay, but also putting your dog into positions that you know is going to be random. Um, and that's why I really like a park near my house where there's kids, there's soccer games, there's other dogs walking and the amount of dogs that just like get anxious and start to like lunge or bark or growl. Um, that's, I think partly why Clark is the way he is and totally neutral around all types of dogs because he's like, all right, whatever, I'll get a treat. (laughs) Like, yeah. And if y'all don't, our listeners probably don't realize, I mean, we, and we posted on Instagram, that's the best picture of him. He is our dog that we use for reactive dogs. When we're teaching reactive dogs how to be um, and how to learn to be non-reactive, we use Clark as our calm, chilling, hey, I'm here to get a treat. Maybe I'll run in circles around you because I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, Clark is phenomenal because these dogs are barking and lunging at him and he's just like, whatever. His he tail's just, just wagging. He just he's, does not he like, He's been conditioned. I think part of it is his genetics for sure, but he's also been conditioned and put in situations where he knows like, oh, a dog's barking at me. Just hold on. I can help you. Mom's going to give me treats. Like, right. 
Hang he on, tries, I can help like, you. <laughs> there's times where he, a dog will just be like aggressively barking and lunging at us. And, you know, the other owner is like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Oh, and I'm like, no, it's good. Like, he, this is what he does for work. It's fine. And they're like, what? And he will like, lay down on the ground. And they're like, oh, my gosh, he's so sweet. And I was like, well, he just that's just how he is. Um, but it's also because we spent a lot of time on trails. And when I was traveling for PT, um, a lot of different trails and different dogs and, you know, make sure you go on trails with bikes and scooters and take your puppy in a stroller downtown Nashville. That's a fun time. So oh, nobody wants to go to downtown Nashville. Don't right, but if you don't put me, if you put me in a stroller, that's fine, but I'm going to need a big jug of alcohol to go downtown <laughs> Nashville. But oh. you'd be amazed at how many bikes, scooters, horns, loud yeah. music, um, I like to take the service dogs down there with boots on because it's gross. Um, but in the morning That's- on like a Saturday morning from like nine to 11, you see all walks of life. You see people that are still out from the night before <laughs> you see people that are all dolled up and going to brunch. You see it just everything, the homeless people, um, people going to the games, wearing silly gear. Um, so even if you're not, I'm not a downtown person. I think the majority of the times I go downtown is with a dog yeah. for the purpose of showing the Working dog downtown. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and a lot of I hotel think- lobbies too. You can go sit in a hotel lobby. Um, I know the Hilton downtown. You can sit there with your dog. Oh, so that's a good dog. Is check some of the dog friendly hotels and maybe check go the dog friendly hotel and just kind of the escalator. I mean, not escalator. An elevator. elevator. Do not put your dog in an escalator unless you're carrying it. Um, an elevator. Yes. Oh, sorry. I'm, I tell you, my brain is just, it's the first one of the year. You know, one thing I do want to talk about is, is I want people to be aware of their breed that they get. And if you've not read Kim Brophy's Meet Your Dog, you need to get that book immediately, period, hands down. Because... I think Clark's genetics are phenomenal. He, he's an Irish doodle. So for those that don't know, he's an Irish setter poodle. And Did that hurt to say that? It, it kind of is weird. Um, <laughs> and he's so good though, y'all. I, I'm, I know, if you've not listened to the podcast episode we've done about Clark, y'all can go back and listen to it. I won't talk about how amazing he is right now. But <laughs> I, you want to be careful because like Clark can take all that in. Um, our Border Collie pup, Border Collie's healers, okay, She's a chaos coordinator. She has been very well socialized. She has been exposed a lot. I took her to a lot of places. We took her. She is phenomenal at Lowe's. But if I took her downtown Nashville, or even if we take her downtown Dixon before she gets groomed, it's overwhelming for her. And um, so even as a puppy, be careful to not overdo the exposure and socialization with your puppy based on the breed. Cause some breeds are not created to handle that. Um, you know, so like for her, she gets her, she gets really attitude if a dog has an attitude with her because she's a chaos coordinator. I mean, she barked at a dog for jumping on its own owner at the vet the other day. So she's a hall monitor. Um, so, you know, it's something that you want to be very aware of your dog to ensure that your dog can handle what you're doing with them. And, and I would say that anytime you're doing um, your exposure and socialization and things of that, keep them short and always have an escape route. If I'm going to take my dog to say, I'm going to take them to a fair or some type of gathering, I'm going to maybe start on the edge um, of it. I'm not going to get right in the middle and center. I'm going to start on the edge. I'm going to allow my dog to just take it all in um, and basically break everything down into steps. And, and we did a podcast episode on that um, a few weeks ago, but just break it down into steps and don't overwhelm your puppy. Don't take your puppy for a three hour training socialization exposure day um, when they're having a craft fair downtown you know, and always have an escape route and know that there are some days that your puppy is just doesn't have the wherewithal to handle what you're throwing at them. Um, and that, that you may need to take them home early. So don't ever get yourself in a situation where you cannot leave with your puppy. Because that can be very detrimental to the puppy. Or just plan to take breaks 
So I like to say for like every hour of stimula- stimulation, they need a nap and the dog needs to nap as long as it needs to nap. Um, so there were times where I knew I had to go to something and I was like, well, I'll just bring Clark with. Well, after an hour, he starts getting restless and it's like, okay, so we'll go back to the car. And I think that's also a good time to emphasize bonding with them because if your puppy can fall asleep in your arms, like they are very comfortable with you. And also who doesn't love that? So, you know, just excuse yourself from your situation. You know, you're at a fair. Hey guys, we're going to take a minute. We'll see you sometime and let the dog take a nap. Um, Or if you're out and about, I know there was a time where I was out and about and then we were meeting friends for brunch and I held him until he fell asleep and then just set him on the chair next to me um, because otherwise he would have tried to just be awake and be a holy terror because puppies, a lot of puppies just go and go and go until they crash. Um, Irish doodles go and go and go and go until you force them them to stop. Isabella was the same way. She would not put herself to bed. She would not take a nap. Um, And we had to put her down for naps because she would not do it. So it's, that can be a good bonding experience, but again, make sure you don't overdo it with this. Like, don't be like, Oh, well my dog, I can, I accidentally, he did that with Ella one day. Like she was going and going. I'm like, she's great. She's just going and going. Well, then I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's been awake for three hours and she's not even four months old. Like, (laughs) oof. So it's a lot, it's a lot of energy. She, it just depends on the dog. And so you have to be aware of the time frame, and you have to be aware. And then again, also, if you're taking your dog in public, be aware of their potty schedule. Don't throw the potty schedule out the window just because um, you're outside. Uh, I still emphasize even for pet dogs, give permission to go potty so that They don't just think, oh, well, we're outside with grass and you're talking to someone so I can pull your arm and go potty because I have to go. Um, That's one of the biggest things that I'm glad I taught Clark was potty on permission. And he knows that I will give him opportunities to go potty at given times um, and he'll go and he'll come right back. So if the dog you don't want to mess up their potty training schedule because potty training is also a number one complaint. Like my dog's still peeing in the crate or at home or blah, blah. blah. And it's like, well, how often? And most people have no idea. Like I didn't have a potty schedule for Clark, but I took him out frequently. Um, But now for all of our service dogs, like we have a log and we log every single time they go potty. Um, And starting at seven, eight weeks old, whenever you get the puppy, like it's every 20 minutes. And if it needs to be shorter because of the dog, then it needs to be shorter or, you know, make sure it's right when they wake up and you you reward that. So when you're out and about, you still need to have that timer going for, for 20 minutes and like, oh, hang on. I need to excuse myself from brunch because my dog, it's been 20 minutes. Um, so that's another thing you need to think about when you're taking your dog places is you're probably going to have to leave Home Depot once or twice uh, before you're ready to check out just to let the dog go potty. Yeah, which is also another good of sometimes maybe going and just working with your dog, not trying to actually accomplish something. Or if your partner's there trying to accomplish something, you can be working with the dog so that you're not kind of stuck and and pushing your dog to do things. But I tell you, doing a a potty log is very important. And I, I really push everybody to try to do those potty logs because it will give you an idea about that dog because dogs are going to be a little different and some will have to go every 20. Some may make it every 30 to every 45. So it's something that we don't know unless we write it down. And the other thing is just a few things on housebreaking of, of teach your dog how to tell you, we love the bell on the door or a push bell on the wall, but go out with your dog when they potty, even if you have a fenced in yard um, and, and reward them out side for using the bathroom. And I will tell you that I think one of the worst things that you can have for a puppy is a dog door because it does not teach the dog to hold it, does not teach the dog how to tell you, and you're missing opportunities to acknowledge the behavior. Not to mention if the dog goes out, you assume they went out to potty and then they come back in and then you're shocked that they pee five minutes later. So, you know, there's a few things there, but it's just kind of making sure that you are on top of things and understanding that 
This dog does not know what's expected of him. This dog doesn't know what this world is about. This dog knows how to be a dog. Uh, this dog knows how to sniff butts. This dog knows how to, um, you know, uh, clean themselves when they're dirty. This dog knows how to greet properly, hopefully. Um, so, but they, but they do need to learn how to deal with the world and all those crazy things that can be happening. Um, and I think that if you can do it in small dosage and doses and not overwhelm your puppy, that is something that you should do. And especially with all the construction that's happening, just taking your dog and sitting near construction uh, just in the car is fine. You don't have to go walk around the construction, but just sitting in the car, just listening and letting the dog just ingest it. Sometimes just being and doing stationary is is more important than any movement. Um, sitting, just finding a bench and sitting, uh, you know, and holding your dog if you need to. Um, and that just allows the dog just to absorb things. And also be aware if your dog is super tired, please do give them breaks. Find places for decompression. And this also isn't just when they're out and about, but at home, if you see a dog who's getting tired and grumpy and your kids are still going 90 miles an hour, put the puppy away and make that crate a safe place or the mm -hmm. playpen or a small room, wherever you isolate your puppy, that needs to be a safe zone away from children. And real quick, while I'm thinking about children, I saw a Facebook <laughs> post today from some, from one of my friends on Facebook and I took all I had to not jump on there and throw out some some please, oh my God, stop doing this. Um, <laughs> but they have two puppies and the little girl is literally sitting across one of them, hovering over both of them, literally grabbing this dog by the muzzle, putting its hands around the muzzle, lifting the head back so that she can kiss the dog right on the mouth. And oh. I am sitting here like, oh my God, please stop giving morning kisses because that dog's eventually going to be like, I'm going to bite your face off and right. it's, and it's going to be the dog's fault. Right. And I'm just like, people, please, this is not a, they're not a toy. You don't bring home an, an, a newborn baby and be like, here, just grab the baby's face and just lay a big fat one on her. And I mean, this dog was clearly like, I'm not really interested. I'm, I'm friendly enough and I like you enough. Mm -hmm. But I'm not I'm not reaching back up to get more kisses from you. And people mm -hmm. need to be aware of this. It, you've got to train the kids. You've got to train the dog. You've got to be together as a family. And you have to be working on the things that you want this dog to do. Don't just think it's magically going to happen. And mm -hmm. don't wait to six months. Don't wait to eight months. Don't wait to a year. You need to start as soon as you get that dog. Um, and as soon as you bring that puppy in, and we've had some clients that will actually do a session with us before they ever get the puppy. Yep. Which is a great idea to do. Um, we can even help you pick out a puppy. You know, I'm not going to, uh, you know, because I've had, I've had literally, I've had like 80 and 90 year old people adopt like a Jack Russell mix. That's two years old from a rescue. <laughs> and they're wondering why they're having problems. I'm like, come on y'all. Let's get some education out there. Let's understand that the cuteness is there. And trust me when I say, I know that cuteness is there. And, and I'm looking at all these different dogs. I'm like, oh my God, these dogs are so cute. I would love to have a dachshund, but that's not going to fit in my family because Isabella <laughs> will probably jump on it and break its back. So <laughs> we, have to, we have to look beyond our wants and our needs. And we have to understand that that living organism, that, that living organism that has their own brain, their own way of life, they have needs, they have wants, uh, and we need to make sure we're understanding that um, and really starting out in the beginning. Now, one more thing I want to mention before we get into um, some of the, the group stuff of training um, and some things that we offer is if you have an adult dog at home, please know that your puppy is very irritating to that adult dog. And that adult dog is going to do things like growl, snarl, snap when that puppy is staying in your dog's face. Do not under any circumstance, punish your adult dog for correcting the puppy. I cannot stress this enough that you need to watch the dog communication seminar. We have it on our website, dogspeak101.com. You can find it. Um, it's online. You have access to it for three months for $50. And it will help you to understand what your adult dog is trying to say to your puppy because the puppy needs to continue learning skills with dogs as well as handling life and people. Um, but 
don't start out punishing your adult dog when this new puppy comes in because you will create um, some aggression issues down the line. Um, and we have to be very, very aware. Um, and also understand that your adult dog didn't ask for this puppy. Um, right. right. Again, an arranged marriage. Um, are they going to get along? Right. Uh, that is one thing that we're looking at different dogs. I'm taking Isabella in consideration. Does this dog fit in? with Isabella and what she's going to want as a buddy um, and mm -hmm. will it fit my needs and can we meet the needs of the dogs genetically and personality based. Right. So that is something also, I'm not going to go into huge information on that because y'all can watch the communication seminar, but just be aware that they have their own language. It may look ugly to you, but it is their language and that dog doesn't know any, any better um, because that's how they communicate. So that's enough on that one. So one of the things that we are starting to offer is, um, like I said, we want to do some puppy uh, preschool group classes where puppies can start at eight weeks. And uh, we haven't got a date for that. Um, we are working on it. So, um, but good news is we do have level one classes that your puppies can get into um, at any age. We can but just know that you'll be dealing with a lot of puppies three months and older. So. It's still doable. I'm still okay to bring an eight-week-old puppy into our level one class. Um, they're just going to have a little disadvantage at playtime just with the size difference. But mm -hmm. one thing that we do offer is we offer two things. Amanda offers two things. She's going to offer um, private lessons in the home with you and your puppy, whether that's teaching you or it's taking that puppy out on a field trip. Mm-hmm. Tell our listeners some of the things that you would do is if they call and said, you know what, I don't have time to do all this, that I, but I think it's important. What is Amanda going to do um, with our puppy? So we can do a field trip to one of the box stores or to a park. Um, and what goes on will depend on how old the puppy is, like based on vaccination status, like we've talked about previously. Um, so, and we'll just work on rewarding the good behavior, uh, doing the socialization to the real world, uh, teaching the dog owner what's appropriate, what's not, um, what to look for with the community, like the communication signals that the dog gives, um, helping them understand their dog better and knowing how to set their dog up for success in different situations. Cause some people are like, that sounds great, but I have no idea when too much is enough for my dog. Um, so that's something we can help you determine uh, where that threshold is. And then also if you want to do something in the home, like Nikki said, I've gone to clients' house, houses before they get the pet. Uh, we talk about what to expect, um, how to best prepare, different tips and tricks that I have found helpful over the years. Um, especially with sleeping. A lot of people are concerned about sleeping. Um, so I can, <laughs> if you're wondering about, you know, where's the best place to keep the dog at night or what do I do while I'm cooking dinner or um, I just need help figuring out what to do with this dog. It's crazy. Um, so we can, I can come to the home and assess the home situation, um, see what you already have, uh, give suggestions on what might be helpful moving forward. And then also if you want to figure out how to introduce your dog, um, I can even meet for the introduction or come after, or if you do a session before I had someone do a session before because I was going to be out of town when they got their puppy. Um, and we just talked about an appropriate way to introduce the dogs Um I never say inside the home because the dog thinks it's a guest. And then all of a sudden they're like, mom, why are they not leaving? Um, Please mom, make so, them leave. Uh, so yeah. Um, you know, just kind of evaluating the home, what to look out for. You know, some people haven't had a puppy in 15 years because their old dog just passed away. And they're like, I, I hardly remember how to raise a baby. How do I raise a dog? So um, someone who does it 
multiple times a year. I can yes. help. <laughs> I yeah, can she's help, raising uh, service dog puppies. Don't think she's got like a house full of, she's just got Clark, but she is I've a Clark, leader but, of our puppy raisers for our service yeah. dogs. So, yeah. And then we can also go over cooperative care and what that looks like. Um, I can go over that. And then we also have Alicia on staff that can go deep into that. If that's something that you want to work on. Um, and that does make a huge difference. That's something I wanted to touch on was cooperative care at a young age. Um, dogs need their nails trimmed more than once every six weeks when they go to the groomer or some dogs don't go to the groomer. Like if you have a lab, a lot of people don't even take their labs to the groomer. They just spray them off with a hose outside and that's fine, but they need their nails trimmed because if the dog, this is the PT and me coming out, if the nails get too long, um, it, affects their gait pattern, which can affect their joints, which can affect up their leg and their back and their spine. So if they start walking funny because their toenails are too long, that could ultimately be detrimental on the health of their limbs. You think about people with like flat feet. Um, there's a reason why orthotics are a thing because if your feet are going in and then that puts pressure on your knees where it doesn't need to be. And then you can get arthritis early that's a whole nother rabbit hole, but, um, nail trimming and teeth cleaning are huge and not talked about as much as they need to be, because I feel like only the vets are like, here's some toothpaste, brush them once a week. Right. And then you're like, where'd that right. go? Three weeks later, you have no idea where the toothpaste is. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people think like you need a Dremel or the, clippers to clip the toenails and I will be first to admit Clark hates that hates all of it he will not let me come near him with either of those um but now he files his nails on a piece of sandpaper on a two by four so <laughs> tips and tricks like that how to get that to happen he will now give me his paw to help file his nail down so um cooperative care is key that comes with brushing handling you know are they at accepting of you touching their feet. Um, and if they then get older and they're still not liking their feet touch, like I touch Clark's feet all the time, but we now know that he has some not health issues, but acupressure points that he doesn't like touched and they just happen to be in the feet. So he will offer me his paw, but he doesn't like pressure on his paw because that upsets his body. So well, we could totally more. go into a huge rabbit hole right there um, because I know that we'll that's save that for another day. Right. I know. And that's something that we dog speak is moving f into 2022, focusing more on looking at the entire body, which is we've done it, but we're really going to go deeper with this. You know, one of the things that, that you were talking about was, you know, the gate is off. It's going to cause pain here and discomfort there. And, you know, I see a lot of aggression issues, a lot of aggressive behavior. Not aggressive dogs, but aggressive behavior. And one thing I always look at first and foremost is physically, um, nutritionally and physically, where is the dog? And I find a lot of dogs do need things like spinal manipulation um, or, you know, maybe they need a little extra grooming. Maybe there is a mat that's somewhere that's causing some um, irritation. And, you know, actually I've got, I'm going to have a um, holistic vet on here, hopefully this month. Um, who we're going to focus mostly on chiropractic adjustments uh, because I do think that people, it's not talked about very much it, that, that we, these dogs need more care than your yearly uh, quick physical and vaccinations in a fecal sample, right? It's, right. We, we, it goes, I mean, think about these dogs jumping around and, and all the time and, and, uh, we're just not looking at them as a whole. And that's what was something that we really need to focus on. And, and I, I have a couple of people that are in that holistic world that I want to get on the podcast to talk about. And I know that's something that you're starting to get interested in is looking at that body and looking at that movement and seeing, I know you're a human PT, but your interest, you're moving in towards some, some canine PT. And I think it's going to help us out tremendously when we look at a dog with aggressive behavior to where mm -hmm. you can look at the dog and say, okay, this dog is kind of moving weird here. Um, you need to go get this checked out or, you know, let me, you know, manipulate this, whatever that's going to look like, because we do need to look at that. The dog is more than this cute little present that 
uh, made your kids, you know, scream and glee and maybe cry. This dog has so much going on that we need to make sure we're looking at it as a whole, mm-hmm. um, starting as a puppy. And and we one right. of our other um, interns, Alicia, which y'all will get to meet soon. I'm hoping she'll go with us part time here in the next few months. She used to train marine mammals, and so they did a lot of cooperative care there. And she's going to be taking um, a huge lead on that, on teaching cooperative care. And we're looking at doing workshops, weekend workshops and and things of that to help people. Because, you know, if somebody says, well, gosh, how do you even start getting your dog to, to scratch on a nail board? Um, and, you know, maybe we need to do a quick podcast episode on that um, here this month, just kind of giving some some. Uh, some tips on some cooperative care. I'll think about that because I don't, I don't know exactly what all of our episodes are going to be this month. So that might be a good addition. Uh, we won't get into it here because it is puppy stuff, but, um, but anyway, that's, that's definitely a big rabbit hole that we can go in and go down. Um, the other thing that we are going to be offering our local listeners is um, some possible field trip group dates to where maybe on a Tuesday evening at Home Depot on Highway 70, um, we're going to meet from six to seven as a group. Um, you register, you pay, only so many slots will be available, and just to help with socialization and exposure. Because um, the, the puppy development, what we're focusing on in that is the socialization and exposure, um, not teaching obedience. Um, you right. know, dogs know how to sit, they know how to lay down, they can walk just fine. Um, they stay a lot on a regular basis, they come to you on a regular basis. So, Obedience is not what we're talking about here. Um, there, there's plenty of time to teach that um, or at least put our commands to them uh, and generalize them for all areas. But it's more about getting that foundation so solid that it becomes super easy to put up those walls on that foundation of what life would look like in a, in a, in a well-mannered pet. I don't want to say obedience because I hate that. A well-mannered pet, real life rover. That, that's what we like to say. It's it's a dog that can handle the world, and it's an owner that knows how to handle their dog in the world. You know, mm-hmm. I, I came up with the certification, real life rover certification. That's I like to say it's like the canine good citizen on crack. Um, it's twenty five tests um, that the, that the dog and the owner do. There's no pass and fail. You can fail if you have an aggressive dog, but I think that unlike like the canine good citizen. I think if your dog doesn't want to be petted by a stranger and the owner handles that correctly, that dog should be considered a real life rover. They don't have to be everybody's best friend. They can still function. But does the owner recognize that enough to keep the dog safe and out of that environment? And and I think that's where we need to educate people that your dog does not have to like everybody. Your dog does not have to be friends with everybody. Your dog does not have to be petted by everybody to be a good dog and to be a good real life rover in this world, in this day and age. So focus yeah. on that socialization and exposure. The, the training will come. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the puppies, those group classes, those, the puppies will be focusing on marking the behaviors they already offer because I firmly believe puppies aren't born bad. Um, they find out what works. And if it's a, what we consider a negative behavior, then that works for them. And then it becomes ingrained in them. Um, so we're going to focus on, you know, if you run away from your puppy, it's going to follow you. It's, it's a puppy. Um, and then once they start getting into the adolescence and out of the puppy (laughs) age, then they start rebelling. And then they're like, Oh wait, no, I actually have a brain and I can think for myself. I'm going in the opposite direction. (laughs) Right. At least you have the foundation, you have the connection and you have the knowledge on what you've worked on with your dog, what they have shown to understand and follow um, and how to build that relationship from there. The the word connection, that's huge, right? It's you've got to have a connection with your dog. They're not going to just love you because you brought them home. Um, mm-hmm. They don't understand what's happening. Um, so, you know, this whole, dog should respect me and love me and I feed it and blah, blah, blah. And well, you know what? Uh, Restaurants feed me, but I'm not, you know, I don't necessarily respect or love the person. I don't know, but 
But having well, that and to be fair, if you're if you're feeding out of a bowl, you're not feeding the dog. The bowl's feeding the dog. The bowl's feeding the dog. Yeah. So, so that's, and that's another enrichment. Yeah, that's a whole other. My God, we could get into so many rabbit holes. No. Yeah, yeah, it's, so it's that it's, connection. It's little things. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have a relationship. It's about building a relationship. It's not about training your dog in obedience. It's about building this relationship, and and that starts with knowing your dog, understanding what you have, understanding where the dog's coming from, and then understanding what you need to do to make that dog as successful as possible. Um, yeah, and I and I think that that'll lead us into the final words because. It's almost an hour. I was trying to keep it about 45 minutes, but we just, that's what happens. We just get going on things. Um, what are some of the final words that you have for our listeners? I think be wise about the decision you're going to make about adding a family member to your family. Um, dogs are not a convenience. They're part of your life. Um, know the dog. Don't just get the cute fluffy ones because your friend had a golden doodle and you got one and now you don't know what to do because you didn't do your research and you don't know what you're getting yourself into. Um, if you're getting a rescue dog, they have an estimate of what it's mixed with. Um, know what you're getting into there. Uh, research the dog and then spend majority of the time socializing and just loving on them, creating that bond and that connection and try not to get frustrated because yeah, it will happen, but <laughs> it's just a puppy. They don't, it's like a baby. Like you don't get mad of it at a baby for pooping in its diaper. Just right. like putting, the dog doesn't know that it can't go to the bathroom inside. So to punish your dog for things that are natural behaviors, isn't going to do anything, but, tarnish away at the bond that you could be building. Yeah. And that that's huge, right? Your, your dog is not being a manipulator. A dog is not um, just trying to piss you off. The dog truly is just trying to figure out what this world looks like and what it means. And, and you need to be that guidance, just like you would with a child. Um, you would guide and you would help teach. Um, and you're, you know, if you get pissed off at, at your dog and scream and yell a lot, yeah, that bond is, it's not going to be there. Um, and yelling more. Won't work no. from there. And They're I don't believe that dogs out. love unconditionally. I, I don't think that they love unconditionally. Mm -hmm. I think that there's a point where they go, nope, off and running because it's it's survival for them. And I think that anybody finally gets to that point. Um, but yeah, develop that relationship with your dog. Uh, spend time with your dog. Do the right things and understand that that you're, what was it? Somebody, I forgot which colleague said this, but I liked it. But you're kind of the dog's tour guide. Mm -hmm. And you need to help them figure out what this looks like for them and help them be as successful as possible and educate yourself. We are not dog trainers. We are people, people teachers. Uh, people teachers. I'm going to add one more thing to that and say, I know that we're going to have listeners probably that are like, I mean, hopefully not, but some people might be like, this is a bunch of baloney. That's a lot of work. I grew up with a dog that we could just, let it do whatever it ate trash. Like we didn't like, it was fine. But I think what people also need to understand is we've evolved the breed of a dog to become more needy. Like they're no longer feral animals and sure. Like we can look into nutrition and they're like what they were bred for because those in instincts still come out. But when it comes down to it, why does your dog have diarrhea when you're, childhood dog was fed the exact same food and didn't have an issue and lived for forever. It's genetic. You know, these are, this is what we're breeding. We're, it's kind of the human's fault that we've bred high maintenance dogs yes. and you can try to get the mutt that runs on the street, or you can try to get, you know, a lab that's proven. But at the end of the day, the mutt on the street was is probably eating higher quality dog food than the mutt on the street 20 years ago. So yeah, yeah, we definitely, yeah, we've definitely evolved and those genetics are still there, but you're right. And our world has evolved. We're, we're not, my dogs, when I grew up, my dogs lived outside. They weren't allowed right. in the house. We fed a gravy train and we would give leftovers from dinner. And unless they got hit by a car, um, they lived for a long time. And, right. uh, you know, but it's different, right? You don't have a lot of space anymore. Houses are on top of each other. Um, you know, the cars have quadrupled in the, in the world, um, noises, 
Um, I mean, look at just the, uh, gosh, the ads that are thrown up on the interstates and, and the ads that are everywhere and everything is just so busy and it's just very different than what it was. Um, mm-hmm. And so we need to learn how to navigate our world. And at the same time, we have to help our dog navigate that. Yeah. All right, I think the, well, I think that would kind of sum that up. And I appreciate you waking up from your nap and <laughs> talking to me on this. And I hope you're not getting sick. So um, y'all got to keep safe out there. Stay away from people. Stay healthy. I mean, drink. Stay healthy. Drink water and drink. Take your vitamins. She's just stuck with drink. Just stick with drink. Drink. Take your vitamins and drink. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, I hope y'all got something out of this. And if you don't have a puppy, then at least, I mean, you can at least learn what you need to do the next time. Or hey, share this episode with somebody that you know that got a puppy because I bet you do. Um, and, or if you, you know, want to test drive a puppy, we do need volunteers for retrieving independence. We do. If you are local, we totally need puppy raisers for retrieving independence. You can check that out at riservicedogs.org. I will link that in the show notes. I also am putting in the show notes a nice puppy checklist by the late Sophia Yin. Um, she had a really good one out there. So I'm going to link that. Um, in the show notes as well. So um, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope that 2022 um, is starting out to be an amazing year for everyone. I'm excited for what Dog Speak is, is doing and what we're doing moving forward. And we're growing the business, growing um, growing our staff and everything is, is working towards great things. And I hope it's working great for you guys too. Amanda, thanks for joining us tonight. Um, I'm sure Thank we'll be sure. back on for something else probably the next few weeks. So, but uh, I'm going to let you go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next uh, week, dog speak geeks. And uh, again, appreciate you and uh, please share our pet podcast episode with everyone you, you know. Um, and if you're on a, a site that you can rate it, please rate it because it makes um, it helps other people find us. And we want to reach as many people as we can, we, we, as we can, as we can. All right, guys, have a great week.